You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 67, Poltergeist. Episode 67. Who would have thought? (laughs) And I don't think it needs to be said we're talking about the original 1982 version. Not that that hunk of garbage. 2000 and whatever, 16... 15 bullshit shockingly i saw the one we're doing though it after the new one came out (laughs) you know what i mean oh yeah i got you all right before we get into it um get those the listener requests have been pouring in (laughs) so we're gonna be doing them in order that we receive them uh the first one very soon so it's like the old netflix queue um i know like very recently making big promises that we would get two in before October and then take a break for October. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's not going to happen. We're probably only going to get one listener request in before October that will come out strong in November with a couple. So October's just, a big month. Yeah, October's a special month. Yeah. For those of you who have been with us for a little bit, you know already. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> so anyway, so... But yeah, if you haven't gotten yours in yet, just tweet it at us or text Matt. Yeah, <laughs> or normal. me or whatever. Yeah, go through the normal. Do whatever channels. you got to do. But yeah, get it in, and we, we will be um, taking a, a break from our busy schedule of a million planned things to do your pick. So far, uh, not all of the suggestions we own. So yeah, we're uh, gonna have to go out in the world, and but I guess it gives us. A reason to live, you know. We're gonna do our best. We're, we're trying our best to meet everyone's expectations, I guess. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And uh, if you skipped over all of the Twin Peaks stuff, you know, that's don't, fine. Don't worry. There's not gonna be another <laughs> Twin Peaks one for a little bit. In fact, we probably won't even do our conclusion to the Twin Peaks until next year. Until also November. Yeah. <laughs> November's getting a lot of stuff pushed into <laughs> it, so November will probably also yeah, be a no- busy month, right? Other than that, I mean, I guess that's that takes care of the business. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod and tweet us your listener requests, or you know, give us a thumbs up for an episode you like. Please, anything, anything to get that Twitter activity going. I don't know. It's I, I there have been some likes recently. I, and I stuff. know, but I, honestly, I'm I'm disappointed with the amount of followers for, that the account has i mean i don't know what you would expect i mean brian bell has like a million followers and then you look at the shows and you're like 
I mean, I was just looking at his the other day because I actually had to click through his to get to the greatest moments. I was like, Marty and Sarah follow him. I'm like, wow. <laughs> just like a super cool dude. All right. Well, thanks for the Twitter update. So and now at that B squared. <laughs> follow on Twitter. I feel like you're going to have to cut all this no, out. No, I'm not. It uh, all stays. All right. So... Let's get into the topic at hand, Poltergeist. Um, this had been on the schedule since last year, <laughs> a, a while ago. Did we talk about possibly doing this for the first October, or have no. we not seen it yet? No, um, but it, it's definitely been in the planning stages for a while. We finally are getting to it now, and it just so happens that director uh, Toby Hooper recently passed away. Um. If we were going alleged to be, director, <laughs> if we were going to be doing a Toby Hooper tribute episode, I think we would probably do um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah, or possibly Life Force. Oh, that's right. Which, I forgot that's him. Which yeah. potentially has one of the greatest nude scenes of all time. Nude scenes, nude like tracking shot. Yeah, nude <laughs> just goes on first and twenty on. minutes basically. Yeah, because. With Poltergeist, uh, very recently, news has continued to come out, uh, kind of calling into question who actually directed the film. Is that true? There's recent updates well, on it? Uh, different people that had worked on the film. Spielberg finally came out and was like, yeah, I directed it, all right? Rest <laughs> in peace, Toby Hoover. No, it wasn't him, but other people, there have long been claims um, as to just exactly what was going on there. Basically, a clause in Spielberg's contract with Universal Studios prevented Spielberg from directing any other film while preparing E.T. the Extraterrestrial. He basically w- ended up working on E.T. and Poltergeist back to back, and they definitely overlapped. And And so, kind of to avoid any kind of issue with his uh, contract with Universal... He hired uh, Toby Hooper, whose work he had seen in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and liked and thought, okay, I'm going to offer him one of these movies. Uh, Rumor has it he actually offered Toby Hooper E.T. first, and Hooper turned that down. And so Spielberg really wanted to direct Poltergeist. He's like, doesn't E.T. seem fun? Don't you want to direct E.T.? Well, I mean, I think whenever you're a, a big shot director like Spielberg, you got a lot of irons in the fire oh, because yeah. the writers that he hired to help him write this, because this is actually one of the few movies that Spielberg has an actual writing credit on. Oh, okay. But he hired a couple other writers, and he originally uh, hired them for um, his remake of a movie called A Man Named Joe, which ended up becoming Always, oh, which would come out Richard in like 89. And they were like, yeah, we're not interested in that. I He's said Richard like, Gere. I meant <laughs> the guy from Jaws. Uh, Roy Scheider, yeah. No, no. Uh, no, uh, the other one. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen Always. Uh, I was watching it. It's on Netflix right now. John oh. Goodman's in it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the cover, but I can't. Yeah, no, that's enough. That's all you really need to yeah. see. Not one of Spielberg's like finer most moments. noteworthy yeah. moments. But yeah, um, and they were like, yeah, we're not interested in that. And he's like, well, I also have this ghost story idea that I've been kind of putting together. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're interested in that. So I'll it's kind of like, you know, he's got a lot of things going on at once. When you see Poltergeist and 
you think about the idea. So I kind of have this opinion of Poltergeist that it's just this classic horror, like fucking scary movie, like on the level of Exorcist and stuff like that. I had never seen it until a year ago. So that's I always thought it was like that. When you actually see this movie, it very much has the Spielberg touch to it. Yeah, I mean, originally, I mean, a lot of things kind of came together in development. Uh, like, originally, um, they wanted uh, um, Carol Ann, the little daughter, right. to die in the first act, and then the house would be haunted by her ghost. That, I would like that. That's and then quite they were chill. like, yeah, that's a little too dark. A little too harrowing. They pulled that back. And then they eventually pulled everything back to the point where no one actually dies in this movie. There's yeah. zero on-screen deaths. And... It's more like Casper. You know, originally... Although even in Casper, a child dies. We talked about this when we watched it. Um, Originally, this uh, this predates the PG-13 rating. Originally, this was hit with an R. And they lobbied... I mean, it's still dark. They lobbied to get it down to PG, which it is. There's There's only like one particular scene in it which is hard to believe it's in a pg where that guy basically rips his face apart yeah which is it looks looks really cheesy and terrible but it's still there's a skull underneath i mean it's still kind of fucked up yeah and the fact that it's in a pg movie is i mean there's skeletons in it real skeletons as we'd come to find out (laughs) yeah so basically you know comments at the time you know co-producer frank marshall kind of was quoted as saying the creative force of the movie was Steven. Toby was the director and was on set every day, but Steven did the design for every storyboard and he was on the set every day except for three days when he was in Hawaii with George Lucas. And I think Spielberg kind of off the cuff during an interview kind of referenced him basically running the show there enough to the point where the director's guild of America opened an investigation into the question of whether or wow. not Hooper's official credit was being denigrated by statements Spielberg made. I mean, it, it eventually went nowhere at the time. I mean, what do you think the investigation committee for the <laughs> Directors knows? Guilds of America is like? Yeah, like Spielberg isn't basically going to just tell them and they'll oh, yeah. off and they'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, it led to like Spielberg writing like a letter to Toby Hooper, oh, which was printed in the in, Hollywood like, Variety Reporter. or something. Yeah, it ended up being printed in in. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter, and it was basically like saying, "Like Toby, I'm so sorry, I like, didn't direct the movie." <laughs> no, he's, you know, I wish like this wasn't happening, but obviously we had a great creative relationship, and your contribution as director is great, and blah blah blah, and you know, which even that though, it, just that move is kind of a power move. Your contribution as director, the director's supposed to be like the boss, like he's the voice that says thank you for the contribution. We said I enjoyed your openness in allowing me a wide berth for creative involvement, just as I know you were happy with the freedom you had to direct Poltergeist so wonderfully. (laughs) The freedom? Doesn't sound like it. And then, obviously, like later on, several members of the Poltergeist cast and crew have stated that Spielberg was the, quote, de facto director of the picture and all this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. All right, we're getting... We're going Uh, way down the rabbit hole. Ultimately, this wouldn't... It just... The reason we're even spending any time on it is because of... Toby Hooper's recent death, and it, it, I didn't want this to feel like this was going to be like some sort of Toby Hooper tribute, and we were only picking this because of his recent passing. This wouldn't have been the one we would have picked for that. This was something we had been planning to do well before right. this happened, and then I would say Toby Hooper has had no impact on the show. 
How dare you? No. Um, okay, so let's get into uh, the film itself. Can I say this too? When we when we went to see it, uh, I I don't know that there'll be a better time to say this while we're talking about it. But so the series Stranger Things, when that came out on Netflix, it's like you're reminded of all these things from like the '80s. It's like old Spielberg stuff, uh, kind of like John Carpenter, maybe like Stephen King. Stephen King, yeah. yeah. But like the Goonies, certainly Poltergeist is one of the influences for Stranger Things. When yeah. you see that, you definitely see like strands of... Yeah, the whole idea of the child being caught in another right. realm kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But there, but not there. So, know. yeah, I mean, around the time we went to see this, well, that, that was all kind of fresh for me, what was going on with Stranger Things. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is just another thing. Right. Okay, so the movie basically centers on the uh, Freeling family... Um, they kind of live a traditional, uh, quiet suburban life in yeah. uh, Orange County, California. There's some demons there, though. Even before the you know real demons show up, I mean, what do you, you mean? Know, I think uh, there's some weird history going on with the parents there. Oh well, okay. yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like, <laughs> all right, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, okay, so. They live in a planned community called Cuesta Verde, uh, of which Stephen is one of the like real estate developers of, and um, I think Diane, the wife, is kind of a stay-at-home mother. They have three children, Dana, the oldest daughter, Robbie, and uh, little Carol Ann. Um, the opening of the film is kind of like an iconic oh, yeah. thing. Um which is kind of echoed a little bit in I, Donnie Darko of the dad falling asleep me, in the living room. I didn't even know this was like a thing with the network uh, channels. Yeah, I mean, up until into the 90s, maybe even, I have certain no channels would sign off at a certain point of the night. And they just and would, then go what, to it would go to like paid programming. Oh, just static. Yeah, there'd be nothing. And yeah, then yeah, eventually no that became paid programming. Right. And now, like, a lot of channels are basically 24 hours, yeah, yeah. although there's still some infomercials and stuff but so they would end with playing like what is it the national anthem or god bless america or something yeah like the star spangled banner would play and then they would go to static and so uh craig t nelson who plays steven he falls asleep in the living room a close-up of the tv at times right like well yeah because the the movie kind of like opens with the um Star Spangled Banner play. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very strange opening right. to any film, let alone oh, a horror I, I, film. That was, it stood out to me immediately when we saw it in theaters. Yeah, and the rest of the family's like asleep in their beds or whatever. He's just kind of like been watching TV and then fell asleep in front of it. Ah, just and a it, legendary move. And it goes to static. And then kind of like almost in what you would perceive at the, in the moment as like kind of a sleepwalking dream state, uh, the little daughter... Uh, Carol Ann comes down and begins to like talk to the TV, and it's very yeah. kind of unsettling. I mean, she's weird right out of the gate. <laughs> well, yeah, her bangs are oh, horrifying. <laughs> I mean, just a frightening look. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm teasing. So Carol Ann comes down and starts talking to the TV. She puts her hands on it. It's it's kind of just a weird thing because you don't hear any voice talking back. It's not. They don't immediately leap into like some sort of cheesy like ghost voice or like anything like that. So it's not like 
you know, a situation where you're already like out of it. Oh, like right. you're already taken out. It was like, oh God, already. Like, you know, it's kind of just like, why? it's more about like raising the questions. It's like, well, why is she doing this? Like, what is happening? This is weird. But like, it doesn't really, you know, she's talking loud enough to the point where like it wakes up her dad and oh, yeah. even the rest of the even family. Even though the, it seems like the TV is just blasting and it's so loud. <laughs> well, it's that like static white noise right. that puts me right yeah. to sleep. <laughs> but uh, I mean, God forbid I was like trying to fall asleep without that. <laughs> just be like staring at the ceiling, like just thinking about like, oh man, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, not having that noise to drown out my thoughts, it gets dark oh, pretty I'm quick. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it kind of cuts off there. Like her family kind of is just like, oh, well, this is weird. And she must be sleepwalking because later on her mom kind of talks about how she slept walk. I don't know if you can put that in the past tense but yeah. she slept walk when she was younger and so she thinks this is like a hereditary thing and is the there here does she say that at the, the first tv thing or is that is there another tv incident i think that's later during okay. the storm right i believe oh that's right yeah oh maybe i don't know i don't know it's hard to remember no no that is the next night okay yeah that's like when a when the ghostly like hand kind of comes through right, the tv right. a little bit and then the, there's that earthquake. Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, well, yeah. It's whatever <laughs> whatever that is triggers, I guess, like all of this to kind of pour out into their house or yeah. whatever. So then we kind of get like more traditional like haunting story with like bizarre events. You know, like uh, uh, Robbie's at the breakfast table drinking a glass of milk and it like just breaks and silverware bends and furniture's moving and all this shit. Yeah, just normal everyday ghostly things. Just your run of the mill ghost events. But like, you know, they're kind of like caught up very much in like the the life of living in in this ex- ever expanding track. I, I guess it's like a subdivision that keeps growing and yeah. like uh Steven is like the top guy like one of the top guys and he's yeah, he like kind all of, these houses um, he's about to be like made a partner of this company finally and all this stuff and while this is you know while they're starting to be haunted and they're it doesn't take very long for you know this isn't like one of those stories where like what like one of the kids knows but like the parents can't catch on yeah everyone kind of everyone comes to realize it yeah because like pretty quickly um diane uh, the mother is like, good lord, <laughs> she's is that Joe Beth Williams? Is yes. that the actress? I mean, yeah. do I, should I know her from anything else? I'll say I'm a fan of her work. Before I, w- you I, answer I mean, that question, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, I recognize she's been around. the name outside. She's of been this. around. For I, a while. I feel like I know her from something else, but I don't know she's what. She's been in tons of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about hot mom on I the mean, block. Good lord. Yeah. I don't know. I, whatever she's doing, I'm into it. Like she. She is aware of the haunting pretty early, and Doesn't and then as soon as seem she overly freaked out by well, it. as soon as she tells Stephen, and she's she's able to demonstrate immediately that this is a thing. So I mean, everyone is like, yeah, it does on the level right, right away. Yeah, at uh, while all of this is occurring though, they have like these construction guys in their backyard, like digging a hole for a pool <laughs> that's their job they're just digging a hole well they're in like installing like an, an in-ground pool into their yeah. backyard so it's kind of like this um i was kind of like is that the construction for a pool i mean 
that's the method that they use. It seems like if it rains, the sides like it doesn't look like they have supports. Well, you got to start somewhere. I guess you do have to start somewhere before you fill it in. Like a an in ground pool would be like concrete. So then you got to put the concrete in once the yeah, hole is done. I, I don't you know. You can't but, have like a set thing of concrete that's like open and then you just. I know, but I was expecting to be more like structured uh, supports on the sides or something. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So like. My knowledge of construction limited, <laughs> shockingly. Yeah, uh, that's happening like simultaneously with like the earthquake and these violent storms and all this stuff. And like, I will say it's kind of weird. Like these construction guys <laughs> openly catcalling the high Teenage school daughter. daughter. Yeah, I mean the daughter, uh, played by the late Dominique Dunn, is supposed to be sixteen. We find out later in the film. A lot of interesting things going on with her character. And, and they're like falling all over themselves, like saying that they love her and all this stuff. <laughs> you <laughs> they're like, I love you. And like and like gesturing and just being like gross. And she yeah, kinda like creep. You know, she kinda brushes them off and gives them a, the finger and all this stuff. And it's and she's it's like kind oh, of, boys will be boys. Yeah, Meanwhile they're like, you know, forty five year old men. Yeah, it's real creepy, and, like, it's played for laughs, uh, you know, sign of the times, but the thing that's actually, like, kind of more disturbing is more that the mother witnesses the whole thing. Oh, yeah, no, she's more like, boys will be boys. Yeah, and she kind of just laughs, and then later, like, whenever one of the construction guys is, like, peeking his head in the window and, like, like you know, taking a drink and, like, eating the yeah. sauce or whatever, she, like refers to him by name oh and yeah so they like know they know this guy if it wasn't for like the whole ghost situation and the daughter disappearing this was definitely on its way to being like a straw dogs situation <laughs> except yeah except with like the daughter or yeah, i mean or it's both who knows the mom it, it's just it's very strange how like there's like this kind of like personal relationship between this family and these guys who I'm assuming have worked construction in this housing development or whatever. Well, yeah, so they've probably worked for her dad like <laughs> a lot. You would think he would be like, just hey. like check out this prime piece. Yeah, you would, th- <laughs> yeah, you would think uh, Craig T. Nelson would be like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you guys. I mean, honestly, if the daughter was like any age, even like 18 and over, it's kind of like questionable just in general. Obviously, you know, acting that way towards any woman is wrong, but like we're talking about someone who in in the context of the movie cuz I think is a high schooler. Yeah, Dominic Dunn I believe was like in her 20s, early 20s when this was made, but like I <laughs> so mean you're not sweating she it. could walk out in like a thong bikini and you got to keep your eyes to the ground oh. and not say shit. I mean, she is in high school and she's like the daughter of this person you're working for. It's insane. Yeah. It's I, like, it is insane. And the mom witnesses this and instead of like running to her husband and being like, "We have got to get these creeps off the property." Like, "Okay, let's say they're harmless. I just don't like this. It's completely immoral." <laughs> but no, she's laughing it it's off. It's a different like, time. <laughs> things like that were just you know running wild i guess so <laughs> spielberg the real family man making family friendly movies um you know and we'll you know we kind of get some clues later on about the uh the po- possibility of dana's wildlife as a 16 year old yeah <laughs> she was kind of living like they, a secret the clues novel yeah, not a lot of mystery to it it's, they put it out there 
But uh, that's kind of just like a hidden little subplot. Now, Mom's got like a bit of a promiscuous past. I mean, I think Craig T. Nelson was willing to move on from their roots of, you know, being hippies. But she's still kind of holding on. Well, yeah. Well, they don't address... We'll we'll get into the age stuff in a minute because they don't get to that till later. So that night, after she kind of like shows... Uh, Steven, like, oh, look, if you stand in this one spot, you get pulled by this unseen force across the kitchen and, like, all this weird shit. And they're kind of like, they don't know what to do with it. And they're just like, whoa, this is weird. That night... Meanwhile, she's like, hey, watch this. And she just puts, like, the little girl there and she flies across the floor. <laughs> like, just, like, slams her head into the wall. Yeah, this movie's really a metaphor for uh, murdering your child by concussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it really is kind of, what happens. Yeah, it's like a John Benet Ramsey thing. <laughs> this, yeah, this was this is like this movie was actually like a warning of the future. It was yeah. like a, <laughs> actually there is like a really weird thing. Okay, so there's a lot of weird things. I can't remember the exact number, but um, okay, so Robbie, this is we're gonna we're gonna go off on a little tangent here. Little tangent. So Robbie and Carol Ann share a bedroom which is kind of strange because robbie's getting to the age where he shouldn't really He's a little old right yeah i mean not that like I, i'm not making it like a weird sexual thing it's just like no, 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 he's yeah. kind of getting to the age he where he needs his own space you need a little bit of privacy but okay. let me speak on robbie's situation for a second <laughs> i mean okay. i don't know if there's a character that represents my youth more than robbie <laughs> i mean just that such a wimp like having to like hide under his blankets, like can't fall. I was like, he doesn't want his own room because I mean, it, it would be even more terrifying. Yeah, he does seem to have a little bit of a trouble with um, Night thunderstorms. I mean, now I will say this: the alien poster up in his room. I mean, I can't imagine watching Alien when I was his age. I love Alien. Would have scared the shit out of me at whatever age he is. Yeah, I mean, but. Uh, I mean, the room is not designed to put a child at ease. It's an alien poster. There's Darth Vader shit all over the wall. There's this horrifying clown doll. Well, the, yeah, the clown thing obviously is kind of like the more one of the more like iconic images from the film, and is like one of the more memorable scenes. Obviously, when the clown comes to life Mom, at the end. I'm not ready for this shit yet. But that clown is terrifying. He's yeah. he's afraid of the clown before any of the weird shit in their house starts and happening. And rightfully so. And it is kind of just like, why even have the clown at all? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, he do he really clearly think, isn't like, into someone, the clown. I mean, you think uh, mom saw this clown at the store and was like, oh, that's cute. Is there anything cute about that clown? I mean, wouldn't anyone be like, this is a terrifying item for a 45-year-old adult, why would I put it in a 10-year-old's room? I, I don't know. But, okay, so perhaps the most chilling thing in his room, because it's actually good that we're talking about this because this plays into it. Ooh. There's a Super Bowl poster hanging oh. in his room. Yeah, that is scary. Well, you know what's scary about it is this movie came out in 1982, um, which would have been... Uh, Super Bowl something uh, 16 I believe yeah I have no idea 
but that is not advertising Super Bowl 16 and it's not advertising Super Bowl 17 either. It's actually advertising a Super Bowl for 1988's uh the 1988 Super Bowl 22 which at the time was still 6 years away. Okay, so that's teams, that's, right? I don't know. I don't think oh. you can tell, but okay, so why would you have that? I don't know. What what's the point of it? All right, well, Super Bowl 22 took place on January 31st, 1988, uh 6 years after the release of Poltergeist, the very same day that franchise star Heather O'Rourke who plays little Carol Ann, uh, fell ill, and she would die the next day. Whoa. That is weird. I didn't know that. I knew there was like some bizarre circumstances around this film. And I've seen in my years on this earth that there have been specials on like the curse of Poltergeist and all these things, but I don't actually know the things other than the ones of people dying. But Well, yeah, I mean, most of it, is kind of a stretch, obviously, right. just for TV purposes. But there are weird things. Uh, well, that's weird. Anytime, I would say. That I mean, I would say constitutes as weird. Well, anytime two okay, there's three children in the family, and anytime two of the three of them die at young, unexpected yeah. ages, it, it kind of lends itself to what is going on here. Even though uh, Dominique Dunn died the same year that Poltergeist came out, she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Actually, murdered. I mean, that's. You know, dark. And then six years later, Heather O'Rourke died of like um, intestinal stenosis or something. It's like some weird thing that happened. That is weird. Um, unfortunately, uh, they ended up being. Uh, <laughs> this is turning really dark. They yeah. ended up being uh, buried in the same cemetery, though. Let's so. do uh, Land Before Time and start talking oh, about what happened to no. Dougie. <laughs> oh, God. I know. That would just be a cry fest. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of fucked up shit going on in the 80s with child like, actors, apparently. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it was really dark and weird. Yeah. Um, we'll get, yeah, we'll continue with some of the, uh, the weird Curse things. of Poltergeist stuff uh, more towards the end. So we don't want to talk about the parents smoking weed? <laughs> Has that? Ha- yeah, I guess that's happened by this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that in the remake which I have not seen, but I've heard about this. They don't smoke weed. They just drink. Yeah, that's So that absurd. should give you some indication of how right. cool the remake yeah. is. Everything I've heard about the remake is it's just an utter disaster. Which is too terrible. Bad. Yeah. Well, this is something, though, that's a good example of it's hard to have it exist now. The aesthetic of it, the production value of it, just the look of it, it just it doesn't. It's not something that if they made this movie now, it just wouldn't be like this. It would be like the one that they made a couple well, yeah, years ago. Well, yeah, regardless of who actually directed the film, you have Spielberg basically right. guiding the entire project. And then you ha- you bring in a horror master like Toby Hooper, who at the very least would have had to have contributed to some of like the scary ideas in this. I, he is the director. I mean, he's still saying action and cut. Right? So, I mean, and plus, obviously, the whole team... With like Kathleen Kennedy and all of Spielberg's people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have legitimate people making this. It's this is like an actual passion project by um who at the time was like already like one of the biggest directors and would continue that way, other than a few blips like always, as we've <laughs> mentioned. But you know, like you're not gonna get those kind of people involved with just some for profit remake, you know, right, just right. a cash grab kind of thing. All right, so obviously so everything like comes to 
a crashing hole on this fateful night of this thunderstorm yeah, where a tree comes to life and pulls the kid, Robbie, out of his bedroom. Right, which you would think, right? That, I when we were like rewatching move. this, I was like, "Yeah, let's get. We got to get out of here." But then you remember, oh yeah, the daughter <laughs> disappears in the house, but they can sometimes hear. Oh, that's why they stay. But like, yeah, this tree basically Although, comes to life and just pulls Robbie out, and while they're all distracted trying to rescue him, because he's being like literally devoured by a tree. That's when. Yeah, that's a jarring thing. That's when the quote unquote beast comes to life. Oh yeah, and pulls. Uh, Carol Ann into the other realm or whatever. But they really undersell the tree thing. Robbie, you would think, would always be carrying like, did you not see that fucking tree break through the window and suck me in? It's. I mean, everyone else acts like, Robbie, what are you doing, you ass? Why are you falling down that tree? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, it's really weird, too, because as the tree is like kind of sucking him into its, like, trunk or whatever he's he's yelling it's taking me in it's taking me in which is very weird yeah i, I would be like it's eating me yeah <laughs> I, it just have a weird phrasing like i don't I know why that like, would be the thing you'd is be anyone seeing this i don't even know how to describe what's happening because it's unprecedented <laughs> but yeah so the two parents run out to try to ra- rescue him and then like dana's looking out the window and she eventually runs out too and poor carol ann just left alone Whoa. To be sucked into the closet. Like, that's actually like a pretty stunning visual because it's yeah, like yeah. everything in the bedroom is getting pulled towards the closet. Like, right. all of the toys and debris. And yeah, some of the everything. effects look the, really the shitty. Mattresses. Like, the tree doesn't look great. The part where there's like things flying around the room, some of the ghost stuff where you actually see doesn't look that great. This looks pretty cool when everything's being sucked into the closet. Oh, yeah. I do like when the beast's face comes out. Oh, yeah, When yeah. it's like that dog thing guarding the door, no, 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 the right. whole body kind of thing. That That's not as cool looking. But the, the whenever it just suddenly bursts through, right. like, yeah, that part's really cool. So now, you know, they go back in the house and they're like, well, where the, where's Carol Ann? And they're like, they can't find her. And then eventually, oh, like... the pool! Yeah, they think she's in, in the pool because, at the, because of the storms, like... It seems like they've gotten a shit ton of rain. I mean, the, there's yeah. like a foot of water in the pool, which That's seems I mean. crazy. I just feel like this whole thing would like turn to mud and be like fucked up. Well, they're in but. California. They probably didn't expect to get any rain, let alone right. like that yeah. much rain. I mean, that's that's like we're talking like the hurricane that's hitting Houston level rain. Oh, so yeah. How much is in there? I mean, it's like, why would there be that much rain in there? I don't know. Yeah. Is, I don't It is weird. But um, they can't find her. And then eventually they hear her like through the TV because I guess the TV's on and it's on static and then she's like talking through the TV. So they know she's in the house, but they can't actually physically see her or help her. Probably one of the coolest things about this movie, what which genuinely stands out as unique to me is the jump in time here because you don't really expect you think that like the next scene is going to be them like frantically trying to figure out. Right, How they're oh, going to get her is, back. Yeah, when they cut to him going to the university and he's finding these... Yeah, you would think that's like the next day or something, but you find out that like this whole amount of time has passed and they've just been living in this house. And like the incidents with the ghosts have just been happening like more and more. And they've figured out ways how they can like zone in on hearing Carol Ann. And it's just kind of a stunning thing, you know? Well, it's a kind of unclear how much time exactly and the only reason but I they say act it, all weathered over it you know what I, I mean? yeah i i do They're agree with that vets. it does feel like time however 
once they get these parapsychologists uh, from UC Irvine involved, only then do we then see Dana and Robbie being like sent away to stay at other places. Uh, right. And you would think that, that would be something them that out would have happened the next yeah. day because of the tree and all. The, I mean, it was a fucked but think up about scene. The, but the way they're talking about the events that have occurred in the time between, it seems like they're listing like a lot of things that have happened. Yeah, it definitely seems that think, at the oh, very least it's been a few days. That's just par for the course. That's just life in this household. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but it's just kind of... It's, right. un, it's definitely yeah. left unclear. They don't ever put an exact... True. I don't think. No, I, You uh, would yeah. think that one of that the main... Dr. Lesh, like the main parapsychologist, would ask, but I, I don't even think that she does. Now, of course, these paranormal people, uh, you know, these paranormal investigators are coming in and being like, all right, well... Let's check this out. It's probably just some <laughs> leaky pipes, some bad well, it's plumbing. It's pretty funny whenever the guy's like, we recorded a Matchbox car oh, yeah. moving on its own <laughs> seven inches, and it took place over seven hours. So we used time lapse to show yeah. it moving. And then he basically, and Craig T. Nielsen just like looks at him and he goes, he just goes, uh-huh. And then he opens the door to the bedroom and all the toys are He's spinning around, the, around the room. Yeah. And there's voices and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, that special effect doesn't look great, but yeah. it's just like a funny contrast. Now, part of this movie around this time kind of feels like a little bit like the first Ghostbusters movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the whole like library sequence in the beginning of the movie. It kind right. of has a similar feel to that. Yeah, definitely. The group of parapsychologists have never actually experienced anything like this this is beyond anything they've dealt with so oh which plays out well when uh the the female of the group is just like well one of the dudes is kind of still acting like well because they hear caroline's voice and it's like there could be a cb radio in the house and she's just like this is real like this is something that is like fucked up like well yeah i mean in all fairness to them i would imagine that a lot that's of your false- line of work People yeah. are fucking with you right. sometimes. Um, well, and they probably approach it like, we're here to disprove this first. Right, and unfortunately for the Freeling family, it's kind of like they're already caught in the middle of not a haunting, but like an actual serious thing. They're like, we need to get our daughter back. Yeah. They're they're not like, oh, we're concerned because we hear noises at night or something. This is like, we're, we're in it right now. We well, need this weird. fixed. That's one of those things because it's like they have to so quickly buy into the situation that they're in because what the fuck is going on? He's like, the dad's not going to work. So we're getting, someone tells him later like, oh yeah, Carol Ann hasn't been in school. So it's like. Oh yeah, that's his boss, Louis Teague, who during this time he does walk around with because apparently uh quest of verde is going to expand some more and then this is in, in in this scene it's revealed that quest the entirety of quest of verde was built where a cemetery was once located oh yeah and that's kind of like all right we'll put that in our back pocket yeah, um, it's like if it was like the cemetery that i was buried in it, they just decided to build like a dump over it <laughs> <laughs> so one of the parapsychologists who's the one who like in that bizarre scene is like kind of experiencing some sort of supernatural thing and he like has this vision of himself like ripping his own face off he bails so now we're left with dr lesh and uh ryan and then they decide they need to call in like a medium a spiritual medium named uh tangina barons (laughs) played by zelda rubenstein who was basically born to be this role i would imagine oh yeah i mean (laughs) i I don't know what else i would 
I think this is like when I was a kid and I would see things like this in movies, like this kind of character. I would have, I, I, it would never occur to me that this was an actress. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is somebody who is this person. This is who she is. Again, this is something that just feels like it, it wouldn't work in a movie that came out now. I don't know why that is, but it's something that works so well in maybe the 70s and the, the 80s, but I don't know that this really plays in a movie. Like, What I, do you mean? Just this kind of weird, goofy character that shows up in the... Well, no, 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 well the they movie. wouldn't do it. They would cast somebody that you that you knew. It would be Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it would be uh, Melissa McCarthy. Right. <laughs> um, but even that though, it's like there's like certainly like a certain goofiness to this character. You would agree with that, I'm sure, right? I mean, it's yeah, but it's 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 not played necessarily for goofiness, right? It, it, because it's so like. Matter of fact, it's like this yeah, yeah. is the this is who this person is. Like that's what I mean. Like you know, before like I got older and I realized like everybody in a movie is an actor. Like this is <laughs> yeah. all pretend. Like Boo. when I, I'm talking like when I was you know 15, 16. <laughs> like I would see a character like this and it would not really register with me that this was not how this person is. Now, granted, I think Zelda Rubenstein was actually dabbled in this in real life oh, that and true? that's kind of how yeah. part of how she got this part but like irregardless of that like it just wouldn't not this you know she is so this character that like you almost like it's not really even like funny that it she talks like in a kind of weird voice and she says like she's like even her like choice of words is very like kind of strange and out of time yeah like it's from like another century or something like the way she talks sometimes but like she comes in and she says you know the ghosts are inhabiting the house are lingering in a different sphere of consciousness and they're not at rest and they are attracted to carolyn's life force and these so the spirits, word life force playing a part which is distracting them from the quote real light that has come for them like in other words like the afterlife or whatever um and then uh tangina adds that there's also a, a a demon that she refers to as quote the beast, and this is like some angry, horrible spirit. Well, I, who I, is like? I was taking it that it's like the devil. I mean, she is acting like. Well, I think we know it to be the beast, like the collective right. we. And I think that is so kind of like, the implication, but it, it it it's then kind of changed in. She the walks sequels. it back. Well, oh. no, the sequels it, it it ends up being a specific person. Oh, okay, it's pretty terrible. But um, so Carol Ann is kind of like under because yeah, I mean there she gives it Tangina does give it like devil characteristics right. like it's able to like lie to Carol Ann and like manipulate her and make her believe that it's just another child and that everything that it's doing is. Yeah, in her best creepy. interest and safety, which is very like straight out of the Bible, like yeah, yeah. devil kind of behavior. But like, I did, I do enjoy like whenever she's kind of like laying this down on the family. Like, <laughs> she goes up to Diane and she's like, you know, asking her if she's like all in or whatever, and she kind of like delivers, <laughs> kind of like this uh, perfect question. What will you do anything I ask, even if it comes contrary to your beliefs? as a human being and a Christian. Yes, I promise, please. 
which you know is something that <laughs> I ask uh, of all my dates at the beginning uh. of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really. I do know that like Doctor Lesh sleeps over like that first night because there's that scene of like her and Diane drinking. I don't remember how much time right. passes like when Tangina get gets involved. Is this all in one night? Well, no, because well, the first night the lady stays over, the kids are still there, right? Yeah, but so. I'm talking about. Tangina, she isn't there then when the right, kids, when the right. other kids are there. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, you mean once she gets from, involved, okay, is, sorry, is sorry, it just yeah. all one night with her? I think so. Yeah. So she shows up, and basically they've figured out that there's a portal somehow that starts from the closet and ends in the living room. Well, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's. Om- I almost got the impression that it was like kind of underneath where the closet would be. Yeah. Okay. But up in the air in the right. living room. That's like the place where they come out or whatever. So. They're like, we need to get in that portal and come out the other side with your daughter in tow. So they come up with like this plan where they tie a rope around Diane and she's gonna like go in there. It's all pretty ridiculous, but fun to watch. Yeah. Um ultimately they like they have like a whole tennis ball scheme. Well that's to like test it to yeah, make sure yeah. that they come out. Right. And now then, it does come out with some sort of weird goo and you're it kinda is like a uh placebo thing or whatever placenta yeah placenta yeah Yeah, it's very like you know birth oriented right feeling but like yeah so like it ends up being like they decide that it's going to be diane and not tangina to go in because neither of them have done this before anyway and you know she's the girl's mother and this is like whenever um like uh steven is like holding the rope and diane goes in and like he ends up like not really following the instructions carefully so then he like he tries to like pull the rope but then that's when the beast's face emerges from the closet it's like this enormous by the way they have to while this is all happening they have to stop to like make out in front of everybody that's like well it's very dramatic yeah yeah, i mean listen i'm going in to save our daughter it's like that that's the great that would be the great irony if she just died in that small window right before <laughs> because they had to take this time to just make out. And then eventually, you know, Diane manages to get Carol in and then they both drop to the floor from the ceiling unconscious and covered in that like ectoplasmic goo. residue. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's so, basically a red, like a pinkish goo. Yeah. It's the thing from Ghostbusters 2 that bubbles under the city. Um, But it's weird because the way the movie's moving along you're like wow i feel like we've reached the resolution pretty quick okay like yeah this everything ramped up and we came to a resolution very quickly it's everything's resolved now but there's actually like another half hour left well like the thing is like tangina then proclaims that the house is clean yes which i don't understand that right what because they didn't do do anything anything. to the ghost they just got the girl back the ghosts are in the house still i don't understand just uh horrible exorcist <laughs> well she's not really an exorcist that's no i mean the guy that threw himself out the window and broke his neck did a better job than her <laughs> <laughs> so you know irregardless the freelings are you know excited to have their daughter back and they're like all right well we're gonna move the fuck out of here so they're packing everything up and steven at that point decides that he needs to go back to the office in order to like quit his job and he kind of is like, I got to get some stuff or whatever. And he yeah. leaves Diane, Robbie, and Carol Ann alone. Dana, like take- Dana is running off to yet another date. Oh, just covered in hickeys. Like, well, okay. So 
now at this point when we're in like the fake resolution stage uh, i mean dana just apparently had zero care as to what was happening back at the house well diane now has got like some gray streaks in her hair kind of like similar to rogue from x-men oh, yeah. from her experience dana's, uh, like, you look dana's hot, Mom. like walking around without a bra <laughs> i mean it's Which just like an important detail well she like diane's like oh we're gonna your father wants us to stay at the holiday inn tonight we're not gonna stay at this house and dana just casually is, is like, that the holiday inn that they end up at yeah Oof. they've come <laughs> a long way as a franchise <laughs> dana's like uh oh yeah like she's like oh I, we're gonna stay at the holiday inn out by the highway and dana's like oh yeah i remember that place like kind of like to oh. herself and her mom's like what and she's <laughs> like oh nothing <laughs> It's just like, what is going on Which with Dana? completely flew past me the first time we saw this, but you, like a hawk, zeroed in on those types of comments. I'm always looking out for slutty yeah. daughters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like later when she arrives back after you know more mayhem ensues, she's got like, like hickeys just all over her neck, and it's like, wh- what were they going for with like, her I story? I, I mean, don't it's know very what strange. the point is, but... Um, so anyway... Steven really kind of drops the ball here by going He's back to his office. He's like, gone forever. Dude, it's Why light he, when you leave. Know, it's, it's dark, dark when you get back. Like, Okay, so then Diane decides she's going to like color her hair, like take the gray back out or whatever. And this all leads to her like taking like a, a bath, and it's like a whole drawn-out thing. And it's like, I get it. I mean, there's nothing better than a good soak. But yeah, like, you like a good bath. Like but honey. Candles, listen to some... I don't know. Yoga Your kids music. are alone in the bedroom. Like you're like now indisposed in the tub. Now it, Steven actually saw this like beast thing come out of the closet. Why would you think just because you got your daughter that that is no longer in the picture? I don't know. It's very strange. It is. I I would be like is she this is 1982. She's an adult woman. She can take the fucking kids to the Holiday Inn. I don't oh, understand right. why they're staying in the house even for another minute. Supposedly, Steven has done quite well for himself. I mean, I think if they only have one car, he could take a cab to the Holiday Inn. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. I don't it's know. It's an insane... Can't we just leave the house, drop you at the office for five minutes, and then we can all go together? Or can't you can't you take us to the hotel, leave from the hotel to go to wherever you gotta go, and just then come back to the hotel? That would make more sense. Maybe the hotel check in time is four p.m. It's still light out, and maybe the hotel has like a King's restaurant in the parking lot that we could enjoy <laughs> while you're at the office. Not rather than have our this- son be you know sexually assaulted by his toy clown. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, again. It's okay. it's nonstop with the clown. Well, no, this is the first time the clown. Yeah, comes I to know, life. but I, well, I, I don't know. I think no, maybe there was some off-screen <laughs> <laughs> funny business. Sandusky, the yeah. clown. Um, yeah, I mean, very. The clown like, would later agree to some touching of legs and horseplay. <laughs> yeah, very like John Wayne Gacy with this clown mm-hmm. fear. Yeah, uh, just in time for uh, the It remake coming oh, out. Oh yeah. While okay, so. After, like, post-bath, Diane, like, gets in, like, she's wearing, like, just a t-shirt and underwear, and she's, like, in her bedroom, and then, like... Looking a very just unbelievable <laughs> in my mind. I, well, I, I mean, I... Yeah, it is, like, mind-blowing. I mean, for my money, this is 
one of the best moms in movie history. Well, we do find out, and we kind of we hinted at this earlier when Stephen first goes to see the parapsychologists. He they ask the age of everyone, like the children and himself and his wife. And my daughter's said, sixteen. What he goes, yeah, he's like well, my oldest daughter Dana is sixteen, and then the other kids' ages, and then he goes, and uh, Diane is thirty one. Oh no, no no, I'm sorry, thirty two. So let that just sit there for a minute. Yeah, think about that. Do that, Matt. Now, were they maybe... Is it possible that like she's not the mother of Dana? Maybe. Okay. But they never get into that. No. There's never any indication of that. Right. But like... So you're saying that he knocked Diane up at 16 and she had a baby when she was 16? I mean, that's what's happening And in that's just like a... I mean, that's just normal behavior in a Steven Spielberg movie? Granted, this would have been, if she's 16 and 82, that means she was born in the 60s. I mean, it was a wild time, but like, (laughs) and you know. Indeed it was. Obviously, like, it wasn't like insanely uncommon, I guess, to have like teenage pregnancies. But I mean, wow, it's like, it's quite a backstory you're kind of hinting at here. And quite a climb that they've made to. No, I don't want it to. I don't. I, I, I definitely don't want this to come off as if like we're like overly being, you know, judgy about it or anything. Oh, it's no. more. It's more like that is just kind of <laughs> judgy. It's very Please. like shocking to me that this is like just something you're kind of part of the narrative putting even. into this movie. Why would movie. they even have to have a scene where we can do that math? You know what I mean? Why is that written in the script other than we're supposed to know it? Now, in real life, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams were 15 for Craig T. and 11 for Joe Beth years older than Dominique Dunn. (laughs) So maybe they were just like, well, we cast like a really young looking mom. Right. And we know that this girl, even though like, I if you said that Dominique Dunn was sixteen when she made this movie, I would have believed it. She doesn't look oh, like no, twenty yeah, she or looks whatever. Young. But like, I guess maybe they panicked and they were like, "Well, we gotta like make this kind of make sense or something." I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It was a very weird scene. I wouldn't have really thought about it though. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I never really would have thought about it. Which it doesn't it, look that unbelievable. Which is kind of actually strange because I do feel like any movie we watch, basically. The age of the parents, the kids, the discrepancy potentially between the wife and the husband is a constant conversation starter. Like we fact- always have to look it up for every movie in every situation. Like the fact that I just like could not get over that Alexander oh, Daddario like, yeah, is the exactly. Rock's daughter and yep. not his love interest in that movie. <laughs> Which I I in all fairness to Hollywood, that's actually maybe a step forward that they made his daughter like the young woman and like Carla Gugino, who's much more age appropriate for the rock is his ex-wife or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, it just, I guess you get so used to like what's considered like right. the Hollywood norms that like whenever they don't follow that, you're like, Whoa, you're telling me Alexander Daddario is not the love interest of the rock in this movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking about San Andreas, not Baywatch. Um, <laughs> so somehow those two in, two feature films together so like diane is basically there's like an attempted ghost rape basically um which would become like a thing um what is that what is that movie there's a movie it came out like very shortly after this it's like 
the, in that movie that the chick seems like she's kind of getting into it a little bit <laughs> yeah uh Wait, it's, it's called a, it's like a the classic, night like haunting type word um yeah i can't remember yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking about. Because this predates that a little bit, and it, that had to be like '85 or something. Yeah, though. and this definitely seems like in a P, like a PG version of that. Like they didn't, yeah, they weren't they weren't outright saying, but like it's very sexualized because like her shirt gets well, lifted up so that you see her like her underwear, and then she's being like they filmed it in a very like cool way with in a rotating square yeah yeah. so it looks like she's like up on the wall and and up on the ceiling it's kind of like a long scene too it kind of goes on uh the entity yeah yeah, 1982 so yeah it was like a few months later wow okay it was so it was like weird timing that that would happen obviously but yeah the entity is kind of it's kind of like a weird cross between like this and like the exorcist or something yeah and basic instinct So yeah, I mean the description on uh, IMDb supposedly based partially on a true story, comma, a woman <laughs> is tormented and sexually molested by an invisible demon. Woof. So sounds... if everyone's not rushing out to get their hands on a copy of that right now, now you know who the uh, lead actress is in it. I'm dying to hear because I think I know, but you, I can't remember. Uh, I would say we've discussed her work. Often, Barbara Hershey. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The mom from ba- Black Swan for uh, <laughs> all of you who don't know who, her, who she is by name. So while this is happening, like Robbie is attacked by the clown doll in the bedroom. And then the unseen force eventually drives Diane to the backyard, dragging her into the swimming pool. This is when like skeletons are erupting out of the ground. Yeah. And uh, as coming out of the water, find out, find out real skeletons, as you told me. Well, this is yeah, this is where like <laughs> a disputed the, fact. No, I mean I don't know. I've seen it multiple places, and this is what a lot of the curse of Poltergeist, the E True Hollywood story, was based off of was the idea that they, for some reason, I can't, I still don't know what the reason was because it's a Spielberg movie. You'd think that the budget would be comfortably whatever they need it to be, and <laughs> but like. I for I have a memory that the reasoning was that they were able to get these for like cheap, but it's like how expensive are Why fake w- skeletons? Who is in the market to sell skeletons? I mean, it's definitely something that a lot of the people involved in the movie apparently were unaware of. Especially I'll just run the out actors. of the corner and grab a couple skeletons. I mean, well, you know, science. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> cadavers. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Where do you think homeless people go when they die? (laughs) I mean, do you think they're getting buried anywhere? They're going to medical science. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I'm going to end up. (laughs) When they pull my body out of the river. (laughs) Testing Um, like explosions on your body. I don't. I'm pretty sure because I think Joe Beth Williams found out later and was like very upset by it. I think a lot of the people that found out after the fact were upset. Um, It's distressing news and anyway this is when they're like erupting out of the ground coming out of the water like caskets are coming up right and then opening and all this well, stuff yeah and the big reveal here is well which we were led to believe at this point steven yeah, rolls up together yeah and he goes oh when you said you moved the cemetery you didn't move the cemetery you just moved the headstones right 
but you didn't move the bodies. And it's did like, you? You didn't move the bodies, did you? <laughs> well, I think they're losing I, his I mind. I think they remember the clip from the opening of the oh. episode. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, because at this moment he rolls up, his boss ends up come, showing up. This is like the big confrontation. He has to like rescue Diane and yeah. the kids. This uh, is the big confrontation, not. What happened a half hour earlier that we thought was... Well, I meant the big confrontation yeah. where we find out why right. this is happening to them. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, in kind of a tricky sequence, because, like, the whole thing with the closet is happening again. Like, Robbie and Carol Ann are, like, hanging onto their, like, bedposts or whatever, trying not to be sucked into the closet. And then, like, uh, Diane shows up and... Sh- they, <laughs> yeah, Carol like, Ann's like, not again. <laughs> they have, like, this chain that they're, like, holding onto each other while they're being pulled. It's, like, kind of, a, like, a cool sequence... Um, it's like that part in Toy Story three where they're going towards like the inferno and they all <laughs> hold hands. <laughs> what is it with those movies? Like, I don't just know. Begging people to cry. I, it's just like this is a kids movie. <laughs> Let's accept our death, right? <laughs> but we're doing it together. It's teaching kids to just accept their inevitable death. Yeah, <laughs> but if you hold hands, everything will be all right. Dana, this is when Dana shows back up with her neck covered in hickeys <laughs> uh the freelings manage to escape and they pile into their car and drive off into the night while uh their house just implodes into the portal like their entire house gets sucked in to the uh you know the in-between uh, right but like people are just kind of standing around in the neighborhood yeah, the whole neighborhood's come happen. out now yeah um, you would think uh a lot of these houses would be going up for sale yeah, well, this can't be good for business. No, no, no. And then the sh- the family gets the room at the uh, Holiday Inn, and Stephen uh, ends up rolling the television outside into the like walkway out of the room. You know, it's so we all, it ends with a laugh. But like, it is strange though because by this point in the film, when he does that, you're kind of like, oh yeah, the TV. Like, yeah, that is true. The TV, the TV is really such an is afterthought not at like that a point. big. I don't know, like the closet and the beast's face and stuff Which is and funny, everything. Yeah, that like, is like the iconic poltergeist thing. It's the the handprint on the TV, well, like the but, little girl in front of the TV with right, her hands up yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, but it's like anything to do with the TV was all within like the first half hour of the movie, and honestly, it provided a way for them to communicate. With yeah, Carol Ann and stuff. So I mean, That's it really true. didn't turn out to be like that negative of a force or yeah. a presence. So yeah, so, so TVs are good. As we as we kind of have referenced uh, several times, there was the um, curse of poltergeist um, idea that kind of emerged due to what is seen as an unusually large number of deaths occurring among former cast of the poltergeist trilogy. This kind of has led people to put these pieces together we talked about like the uh real skeletons and all that stuff there have really been four deaths among the cast of the set of films dominique dunn who we talked about was strangled by her boyfriend straight up murdered heather o'rourke which is the strangest because of her young age and just kind of like the odd nature of that death not that being murdered isn't strange but like uh, unfortunately abusive she was her ex-boyfriend was abusive abusive relationships exist and happen i mean it's a coincidence i guess that she was in this movie but the one you know obviously the little girl falling victim to like kind of just an unfortunate um health issue 
and then you know two other people who appeared in the um sequels although their deaths were not really weird or necessarily surprising i think one of them was pretty old and had cancer so i mean i don't really know what you expect um <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just like people yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, that's I, true. It's, it's, it what, usually doesn't end good with cancer. You're it, right. It's usually just like, the only reason it's even being brought up is just because of the other deaths. True. You know what I mean? Everything worked out for Spielberg. What is, okay, so the guy that killed Dominique Dunn, this is disturbing, actually. Please share. Sweeney, I guess his, his first is something Sweeney. Sweeney was convicted of voluntary manslaughter sentenced in November 1983. When I was born. Whoa. And released in 1986 after serving only three years, eight months of a six and a half year sentence. His short sentence and early re- release remain subjects of controversy. That's why we always tell you on this show that the worst monsters are real. <laughs> <laughs> we don't tell you that. That's true. I'm trying to see. Okay. I'm basically just trying to piece this together for everyone here. I know this is. Please. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, obviously, Zelda Rubenstein passed away, but at the age of seventy-six. Which I mean, you're, let's be honest. If the fact she made it to seventy-six is shocking. I mean, the fact that she was able to even be in this movie. She she seems like she's already outlived expectations in the movie. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the construction workers was murdered in two thousand and nine by a a crazy guy with an axe. Holy shit. That's usually not but even that's, kinda, that's usually not even mentioned in the in the Poltergeist curse stuff because all of that like Poltergeist, good riddance. Well no, all that stuff came out before that that's was in like two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um that was like totally random. I think it was just a crazy person that you didn't even know him or anything. It was just something basically you know right this? out of a horror movie. Like just walked up to him in broad daylight no, I think it was, and swung an axe or like, like a came into the house or something Ugh, i know home it's, invasion. it's straight out of like the strangers or Ugh, something that is creepy but like the person was like insane it's or, like or, imagine like, being know. on your couch someone just walks in <laughs> i'd be like sweet release <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like do it <laughs> please so anyway uh i don't really know i i it is odd that they may have used real skeletons i don't really know if i buy that there's a curse although the like I, I I've said the creepiest thing is the Super Bowl, f- the future Super Bowl that poster that like is basically predicting the date of the death of the girl that he's sharing the room with. It's like it's very strange. That's yeah. just like one of those things where you're just like, it's hard to even believe that that could possibly be real because it's so bizarre. Yeah, I would agree with that. But you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's it's it. I, I I do enjoy this movie a lot, and I like watching it. Yeah, I love it, this but it, movie. But it's just now. it definitely it it make it does make me sad that like two of the young people in it are are yeah. not alive. Yeah, I, it's certainly a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> you're less like emotional than me. I get like really upset about stuff. Like I'm this. telling you, I that, don't re- the whole thing with the the land before time thing. I can't even think about it without. Yeah, don't up. bring it up. <laughs> I I don't want to talk about it specifically, but you know what it is, and I'm just saying like. Honestly, it's hard for me to even talk. I mean, when someone does the yep, yep, yep thing, I mean... It, oh, yeah. When you were explaining to me what happened and what was... Oh, it's just... Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a tough one. Well, yeah, it, for me, it was it actually had come a couple years before we, we watched Land Before Time. You know, like, when was that? Like, last year or whatever. Right. It would happen... I, I actually, for some reason, was watching um, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, And she's the yeah. voice... 
the that girl, girl the same girl right. that does ducky is the voice of the little girl in that and i was like just on imdb like looking as if at those it. two children's movies aren't sad enough on their own <laughs> once you let like you know real life bleed into it Oof. Yeah, I do believe that there was a any true Hollywood story about her murder as well. I don't know. It's it's horrifying. I mean, it's just beyond sad. I mean. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kind of forgotten sadness that kind of just gets washed away with time. And when you like go back into it, because like, like tears and rain. Yeah, speaking I mean, of, we're very excited about the new Blade Runner movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, and this is—I I don't mean to turn this in, into like some kind of weird, oh please, like thing. Weird. But it's like, okay, so the little girl that does the voice of Ducky and the girl in All Dogs Go to Heaven, she people are like, what does this have her to do with Poltergeist? Her, her and her mother are murdered by the father who I guess went insane or I don't know. Whatever. So we're going to talk about it. And so, but no, I was just thinking, yeah. it's like, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that like, obviously with the thing that you were talking about, yeah. like there are people that still care, but it, it's just like, you know, when somebody that young dies like such a long time ago and it's just like, they barely were on earth and it was like, you know, it, it just feels like it's forgotten. You know what I mean? Oh, like I their know. whole thing. And it's like, well, at least like, she lent her voice to some things and i think she may have actually acted in some stuff too she lives so it's on like, in a way but it's just like yeah it really like but because then it's it, you start to think about like well there are other children yeah, that aren't in movies i know <laughs> it's always gonna be a, a, a tragic thing obviously but i mean you know all dogs go to heaven and land before time were, were probably two of my most watched movies as a kid so if, for me to, for Which is I, weird because it's like you you had no idea at oh, the I know. time, you know. I, I had no idea and you know I believe that you just brought to my attention whatever a year ago and it's like I still haven't gotten over it. Cuz the fucked up thing is I believe she was murdered before one of those two even had come out yet. So by no. the time the movie had come out, can you imagine that? They wouldn't I even can't imagine in a, it, no. in, a, in an internet world as fucked up as it is. They wouldn't even release it. They would. Oh, they no, would no. put someone else's voice in because they're like, "This is too dark. Like we cannot have this girl's voice." Well, in it here. is dark. I would agree with them. I mean, geez. but at the same time, it's like, well, let her that have was, her legacy. Yeah, that was like bit, the yeah. thing, you know. But like, I I just feel like there's no way that would happen now. Like, they wouldn't be able to do it. It just would be too weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we ended the Poltergeist episode. Follow the show on Twitter. Get in your listener suggestions. Let's talk about how great Joe Beth Williams looked in those panties, yeah. though, when she's <laughs> flying around the ceiling. Go see Poltergeist. <laughs> if they show Are you going to parody that ending of the True Romance every time, episode yeah. every time? Now. Well, people really liked it. Well, you know... People bought into your enthusiasm. Yeah, well, it's really not converting to box office numbers because this has been a dreadful yeah, summer box no, office wise my deal yeah I, I just get stuck on things and i just redo it i don't know it's horrible <laughs> yeah I, bl- oh, no well, believe me about I, it from I know my that you know yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> try try having a podcast oh with that it's the worst i know yeah <laughs> yeah so the listener request the first one will be coming up soon um feel free to get those into us at any time um 
tweet the show. No guarantee. Text me on when we'll get to it because, like I said, we've gotten a, we've gotten we're some backlog, and you know we're we're gonna get to them in the order that we get them and all that stuff. And uh, get excited for the greatest October in the history of forever. Which oh, is I am coming excited up about shortly. That. Yeah, we're gonna have a ton of great stuff in that. That's gonna be a jam-packed month. We're planning, you know, big episodes. Hopefully, that'll be fun. And. Uh, Anything else going on with the show? Absolutely not. Let's <laughs> wrap it up. All right. So thanks for listening, and we'll uh, see you next time. disgusting act by Randy Moss.